This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's Native American Heritage Month, a time to honor our vibrant Native communities and look toward Indigenous futures. So we're talking with an artist who has carved out space to celebrate those contributions year-round. River Ian Kerstetter has often felt like the, quote, only one in a room, whether being the only Native person or only queer person. So River set out to create a new space, Ties Poetry is an open mic and reading series. It's centered around indigenous, queer, trans, and two-spirit writers. Ties is now housed in the Center for Native Futures. It's an art gallery in the loop. So here to talk with us about Ties Poetry and her artistic journey is River herself. River is a queer artist of mixed European and indigenous heritage who uses she and they pronouns. They're a citizen of the Oneida Nation of Wisconsin. Welcome to the show, River. Thank you, Sasha. Good to see it's good you. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, talk to us. What was the first space where you think you felt fully seen in your queerness as well as your indigenous identity? Yeah. I mean, you know, growing up, I knew other queer people. I knew other indigenous people. But it was in um, college at the University of um, New Mexico in Albuquerque. And I went to um, just on a whim to a performance night for queer indigenous folks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was the first time I was like, whoa, there's like other people who are like me, you know. You said you went on a whim. I mean, tell me more about what made you decide, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on stage and put it all out there. Oh, I wasn't on stage. I was on in the audience. Oh, night. you were in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spectating. So I was like, I'll check this out. I yeah. see. Well, that was still a first step, right? Yeah, it was. So I mentioned you co-founded Ties Poetry, which is an open mic and reading space for the queer Native community here in Chicago. What later pushed you to create Ties? Yeah, Ties came from moving to Chicago and, you know, meeting other queer Indigenous folks and having that very similar um, experience of, you know, feeling, you know, separated from our from each other sometimes and Chicago is a big city. There's a lot of Native folks. There's a lot of queer folks, but there's not a lot of those spaces for both. And so me and my good friend Patrick Del Percio were like, let's just create a space. You know, we don't have one already. Let's just make it ourselves. Yeah. So what has Ties meant to you then? It's been really special. I mean, I've met some amazing folks both here and nationally because we've had some people fly in. We've had virtual readings so mm-hmm. we've gotten to connect with people all all over um and it's just it's been really special to just like build that community and and meet other folks and just be like you know let's support each other yeah i want to hear more about your creative side what or or who would you say got you started with making art mm. yeah i have a, i have a lot of artists in my family um really yeah both on my my native side and my non-native side. My, it's in the blood. Yes. <laughs> my mom's an artist. My, you know, cousins, aunts are artists. And my grandma, um, who is Oneida, um, no longer with us, but she was a an artist. She was a traditional Oneida potter. Rose Kerstetter, um, she was of her generation, uh, part, one of a few artists who brought back our potter traditions. And she always was like, if you like art, if you, you know, are good at it or you want to know more, she she pushed me and my cousins to pursue that. That's incredible. I mean, so now if you think about it, you and your cousins, you're you're now part of that artistic legacy. Yes. Yeah. How does that feel? (laughs) 
Or does that put some pressure? It's it's really humbling, you yeah. know, because sometimes it can feel like, oh, I'm an artist and this is hard. Um, trying to, you know, make it. Um, yeah, not but, easy being an artist. Yeah, but when I, you know, I have to re- remember, like, it's this is a legacy, and I'm, you know, I'm not just like the first one to try to do this in my family. So, um, it means a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, help us understand what's the relationship between Oneida culture and art. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, from what I have learned from my family, my my grandma and other artists, I think, you know, in settler colonial culture, uh, American culture, since the Renaissance, art has been often relegated to, like, luxury or just entertainment, right? And I think in many indigenous cultures, Oneida included, art is more than just entertainment it's it's and it's not a luxury it's well it is in the sense that it's special but it's mm-hmm. not in the sense that it's for everyone um it's for storytelling it's for keeping our histories our laws you know many indigenous languages including oneida were not written before co- before european contact and so yeah. art was one of the ways of keeping those histories alive alive exactly yeah. so yeah art can also be a way to resist colonization and assimilation right so what has that meant for your own work yeah i mean with with my grandma it was like you know she realized that we had started to lose our pottery traditions um as you know mass-produced um metal cooking containers replaced our pottery and so that was her resistance which was you know really inspiring to me and for me i think claiming both my queerness and my indigeneity is really an important form of resistance it's i wish it didn't have to be resistance but it is yeah because those things are erased and you know part of what happened and is happening during you know uh u.s colonization is the erasure of indigenous um ways of thinking about gender and you know community um in ways that I think just being a queer, trans, or two-spirit indigenous person is resistance against that. For those who may not be familiar, you mentioned two-spirit there. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Yeah, um, I, I'm i not the expert, but two-spirit is an English word that was inspired by a native word coined in the 90s mm-hmm. um, by indigenous, queer, and trans folks to name some of our, um, when I say us, I mean Native people all across the the hemisphere, but to name some of our gender roles or orientations or community roles that don't necessarily fit European ideas of, you know, homosexual, heterosexual, transgender, cisgender. Um, So it's kind of a catch-all. Yeah. And not every queer Indigenous person is two-spirit. I, you know, don't always use that word for myself, but um, that's kind of the background of that word. Yeah. Yeah. But ties is open to folks who do use the word. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So looking forward, River, I mean, there's there's been this movement around indigenous futurism, right? Mm -hmm. It's been gaining a lot of traction. But tell us what indigenous future you want. Yeah, I... Indigenous futurism, as the name might imply, owes a lot to Afrofuturism. 
And just like Afrofuturism, it kind of define, defies uh, definition, right? Yeah. For me, I think just a future where indigenous people are still here <laughs> is my indigenous futurism and where our sovereignty, so our, our, you know, our ability to practice our traditions, practice our cultures, to evolve those cultures, to take care of the land and each other. That's the future that I think I, I dream of. Yeah. So you've got a poem for us, I understand. I do. Want to like read to some it? of it? Yes, yeah. please. So this poem is called Transsapphic Love Note Number Two, and I'll let it speak for itself. Girls like us wake each day to ring out yesterday's survived again. Touch up yesterday's don't F with me to face the city one more time. Girls like us say a prayer each morning to mom, to the girls, to the earth. It gets lonely, I know. I pray I catch your eye on the train. Can't help but notice your thunder rolling boots, the way your shoulders cup the sunlight. Your colors at once a defiance and a song. Could I be someone you wake up to, someone to comb yesterday's misgivings from your hair and polish your shield until it gleams? Could I be someone you let beneath the armor to brush hair and knead yesterday out from muscles tired of lifting, tired of shaking the cold off? Could I be there when you let it all down before the world gets between you and your light? Mm. Wow, love that. What's the inspiration? Um, <laughs> love. Love and also just, yeah, love for my, my trans feminine sisters and... Mm -hmm lovers and community and um yeah i think you know this this particular poem came from just like seeing other a, a trans girl on the bus and being like i don't know you i'm not gonna talk i'm but not I gonna feel you i'm not gonna bother you on the bus but i feel you yeah exactly <laughs> the girls like us gave me that yeah i love that yeah. how does collaboration factor into your artistic practice yeah it's really the the core of my practice I um in art school I think we're taught we're often taught you know the, the model of becoming the solo artist and that really did not I didn't really didn't like that and for a long time I wasn't sure why and I think when I moved to Chicago from New Mexico and I started collaborating with people more um I realized oh this is what I love to do I love having someone to respond to um, someone to to lift up and feel, you know, supported by. Bounce ideas off of too, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You designed a book cover for one of your collaborators, H. Melt, and it reads, there are trans people here. Mm. What does that mean to you when I say that? Yeah, I mean, similar to me talking about a future where there are just indigenous people still here, I think, uh, that book and that cover that we worked on together, H. Mel is a Chicago poet. Mm -hmm. um, that book and the cover really kind of call speak to that for like trans people, that trans people have always been here. We are still here. Um, What's the response been to this be piece? Um, really good. I mean, it's that cover is maybe the visual work of mine that's the most uh like widely distributed and so i'll see it sometimes we'll see it in instagram posts of bookstores and stuff like that and it's it's wild and humbling and 
cool to see out in the world. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty cool to, to see something that you worked on and something so personal. Mm. And um, the fact that so many people seemingly can resonate with it. Yeah. It's got to be rewarding. It is. It is. Because, you know, when we made it, we're like, yeah, we hope people will buy the book. People will appreciate the the cover and the, the poems, obviously. But seeing people appreciate it and share it and gift to the book or, you know. Yeah post about it online is really cool so you're collaborating with other creatives i mean how else are you finding community mm. and and then how do you sustain it yeah <laughs> it's a great question um i mean i'm i'm lucky enough to be i'm a uh collective member at 60 inches from center which is a chicago-based um, worker-led nonprofit that we do a lot of art publishing and it's a lot of great like-minded folks who are also you know in love with collaboration so that has been um i've been there about a year and that's been really solid um, mm -hmm. foundation but also just i think i mean recently with things happening in the world it can feel isolating to to be grieving or to be you know to have questions about what's going on and i've found it really important just to reach out to other artists and mm. just even if it's not making art yeah can we get together and usually when arts get together we end up making There's stuff anyway <laughs> so does chicago's underground queer scene kind of help with some of those questions that you have yeah definitely and although that has looked different i think over the seven years i've lived here because when i first moved here i was you know i was going to the club every weekend i'm not gonna lie um and connecting to to other artists through kind of the nightlife scene. Now with the pandemic and getting older and not going out as much, yeah. um, a lot of a lot more of it is one on one or maybe online. Um, I've met some great artists that are creating um, like an uh, online space to to bounce ideas off of mm -hmm. or organize. We. Recent, I recently attended a art build for a pro-Palestine protest that was really good to connect with folks and, and make art for that. So it's it looks different, but definitely um, queer art and yeah, queer creative communities. Well, important. leave us with this. I mean, I mean, who do you hope to inspire, River, or, or mm. reach with your work? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anyone who my work resonates with, but I think first and foremost, it's other queer, trans, and two-spirit indigenous folks. Yeah. They see you. <laughs> I hope so. That's River Ian Kerstetter, an artist and writer, as well as co-founder of Ties Poetry, an open mic for indigenous, queer, trans, and two-spirit writers. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Sasha.